Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast, episode number six. Today's guest, a real beacon, is Melody Vockel. She has a story you will not want to miss, and you might want to grab a Kleenex as well. I also want to give a huge shout out to those of you who have rated and reviewed the show so far. The response has been overwhelming. In particular, I want to give a special shout out to those of you who reviewed the show. It means so much to get the message out there. Those people are SK447, Fellow Mom Listening, Rock Solo, Alexis Norman 13, Ashley Noel, Tammy I, Steffi H, and Tara Roberts. I cannot thank you enough. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman, former perfectionist, people pleaser, and rule follower who woke up one day and realized I'd been living somebody else's dream because of my fear of stepping outside the lines. That's why I started this podcast, to interview authors, entrepreneurs, and everyday people who learn to overcome their fears and obstacles in order to live the life of their dreams shine the light on how we can live the life of our dreams. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast, Melody Vockel. How are you? I am great. How are you, Carrie? I'm good. Awesome. Where, where are you calling in from today? I am in St. Cloud, Minnesota. So it's a, it's a balmy, I don't know, 30, 30 degrees here in Minnesota today. <laughs> I'll bet. I mean, at the time of this recording, it's January 2021. So I can imagine it's cold. It's cold here in Louisiana too. So yeah, I can imagine. Well, Melody and I connected on a group call that we're Mm -hmm. a part of called the Serving Circle. Correct. Tyson Sharp, he runs it. He's out of Australia. So we have people from all over the world on this. And that's how we met and we kind of collaborate to help each other, mentor each other, do all those kind of things. So I really am glad that I met you and I thank you for being on here. You're so welcome. I'm excited to be here and have a chance to uh, share my story and hopefully uh, help people in their their journey as well. I'm sure you will. Uh, Kind of just a ice-breaking question, we'll say. Yes. Okay. Uh, you went to the school in the state, so I'm sure your high school, you had the, when you were a senior, most likely to, they, people voted most <laughs> likely to succeed or most likely to go to jail or whatever it may be. <laughs> Were you voted any of those? Um, you know, I went to a very, very small high school, literally I'm 22 kids in my graduating class. So oh. a very small high school in North Dakota. Um, so we didn't have votes, but if, there had been a vote, I probably would have been voted um, most time spent in the principal's office (laughs) or perhaps, or perhaps um, most vocal. Wow. Yeah. I was, I was a talker and, and uh, spent a fair amount of time (laughs) hearing that I shouldn't be talking so much. (laughs) So such a small school, was it like a private school or? No, it's just a very, very small town. My hometown was about 300 people, um, a small farming community in rural North Dakota. And um, it was just, yeah, it was a very, 
very small, small community and, and uh, probably about 80 kids in my high school. Wow. So you so, were in North Dakota and now in Minnesota. So you must correct. really like the cold. Well, you know, I guess I'm used to it. I spent a few years on the East Coast in Maine. Um, after I graduated, after I got my master's degree, I worked in a speech and hearing clinic in Maine um, and then decided to move back to the Midwest because that's where our family was. So, but yeah, cold doesn't bother me. <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's exciting to connect with somebody who I never would have connected with out right? of the group because I don't know anyone from that region at all. Yeah, I love that group. I think it's a great way to just even just to even if you don't necessarily either do a business endeavor or anything together, I think it's nice just to like I said to just to meet people in different parts of the world and and everybody has a heart for business and service. So yeah. I think that that's pretty um, a pretty unique blend. Yeah. So Melody, tell us a little bit about what you do now. Like if someone were to ask you, what do you do? Could you say that? Yes, I, I am a um, speaker and a self-care consultant. I started my business, which is called Rise Up Care and Wellness, um, about two years ago. And I offer services and my main target audience are caregivers because I've been a caregiver for 25 years. I have a son who's disabled. And so I've been a caregiver for decades and my target audience is caregivers. And my target topic is self-care for caregivers. That's very interesting because I work in the nursing home industry. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so I know what a toll it takes on caregivers. I mean, when, mm -hmm. so it's just a great connection and I can't wait to get to know your story <laughs> and how you Absolutely. got to where you are. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Melody of old <laughs> when you were growing up kind of, mm -hmm. I mean, we know where you grow up, but tell us a little bit about your background and then what led you to do what you're doing today. Okay. Um, well, like I said, grew up small, small community, small town. Um, I went to Sunday school when I was a little kid with the same kids that I graduated from high school with. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, everybody knew you and you knew everyone in, in my community. Um, I love to do, I was very, very active, had lots of irons in the fire, <laughs> kind of like I do now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, was a cheerleader. I played basketball. I ran track. I, you know, there was just if there was an activity, I was in it. I signed up. <laughs> I wasn't, I was the best on the team, but I always, that I always signed up and I always wanted to be involved in things. I was intended to be a physician. That was really, from the time I was a little kid, I wanted to be a pediatrician and I watched medical dramas and I, that was all I really thought that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that was that was kind of my early years and then went to college and ended up being a speech language pathologist is what my actual profession is. Um, but and, I have to give a shout yeah. out. I'm a physical therapist. So Yay. A fellow therapist. Yay. Yes, that's awesome. Go team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great career and I did it for 34 years. And so um, and then I like I said in the interim, I started my business as well. So I would imagine in a life like yours, it hasn't all been peaches and roses. There's no, some I, obstacles. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this show is all about helping people overcome their fears and obstacles. 
So what are some obstacles you faced along the way? And then mm-hmm. share with the audience how you overcame them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, it's it's hard to pick just a few because <laughs> let's face it, some of us, uh, you know, have, have some challenges in life. But um, probably one of the first um, major obstacles that I faced was the death of my daughter. And um, I she would be 26 now. Um, I was my, she was my second child. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter was three and I was pregnant. We were expecting our baby and everything was going along relatively fine. Um, had some early issues with spotting and, but it kind of would all just about the time we'd start to get concerned, everything would stop and it'd be fine. Um, so I was about, I was 33 weeks pregnant. And I had been going into the clinic to get my blood pressure monitored because it had been a little bit high. Mm-hmm. And I went into the clinic and it was, you know, between, um, it was actually on New Year's Eve. And they said, you know, we want to put you in the hospital and just monitor you. I was due in the middle of February. So I was 33 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to make sure that everything is going okay. Um, we're a little concerned about your blood pressure. So I go in thinking, all right, well, that sounds fine. Yeah. Go into the hospital. And then um, this, like I said, it was 26 years ago. So they did an ultrasound, which at the time um, was the level two ultra. Well, no, it was, it was just like the regular ultrasound back then. Mm-hmm. And then um, they came back and they said, we noticed there's some things wrong with the baby. Um, there are some heart issues. Um, we see a cleft lip and palate. And um, so that was obviously really <laughs> hard to hear. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going along, you're almost, you know, you're within two months of delivery and you start to realize that everything's not gonna be like you said, peaches and rosy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty distraught. And, but yet I was still hopeful because, you know, being in the field I'm in, I'm like, okay, these kids, you know, they can fix that. You know, the, the surgeons now at the time, like they were, you know, you could, they could do surgeries on these little tiny baby hearts that are the size of walnuts. So I'm like, okay, well, there's going to be some complications and there's going to be some challenges, but mm-hmm. it'll be fine. Um, and then they sent us to see a perinatologist, which is a specialist who deals with, you know, the pregnancies and, um, that was on January 3rd. So just a few days later, we had to wait because of course, over the holidays. So they sent me home. I was on bed rest, went into, um, down to Minneapolis, which is about an hour away from here. I had a big Metro area. If you're not familiar with obviously Minnesota, but, um, they sent us down there and the perinatologist, they did a higher level ultrasound. And they said that, um, we believe that your daughter or your baby has either a trisomy 13 or trisomy 18 mm-hmm. um, and neither are compatible with life. Oh. So within the span of three days, I went from thinking I have a normal, healthy pregnancy to right. I, Oh, guess what? There's something wrong with the baby, but I'm still thinking it's okay to now this baby is not going to survive. Yeah. Um, So that same day, they did an amniocentesis just to clarify what the actual diagnosis was. And they sent me over to the hospital to be monitored. And 
while I was there, they, you know, checked my blood pressure and were monitoring just to make sure everything was okay. Well, my blood pressure was 200 over 110. And they said, you have to be admitted. And I just remember sobbing and telling my husband, I just, just want to go home. I just want to go home. And they were like, we can't let you go because you could have a stroke in the car. And I remember my husband saying to me, you know, I can't lose you and the baby. So they admitted me to the hospital and within a couple of hours, my water broke and I delivered my daughter. Um, We had her for 18 hours and she passed away in my arms. Wow. It's going to be hard for me to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it, it was pretty devastating, pretty devastating. Probably the most devastating thing I've ever lived through. Yeah. So then your life goes on though. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? You know, (laughs) you dig deep for me. um, I have a faith, which for me is, is God and everybody has their own spiritual connection. But for me, that was a big part of it was spending time um, just in, in prayer and, and praying that things were going to get better. Um, Then Within um, three months, I have, I'm pregnant again. Really? Wow. So our daughter was born January 4th of 1995. And then our son, Isaac, was born January 15th of 1996. Wow. So, yeah. And so I feel almost like just that. And that pregnancy, that was, it was a very fearful time for me after that loss. I mean, it was very scared, but they, you know, they did all the tests and everything and like, oh, nope, everything's great. He's yeah. healthy. He's fine. So um, yeah, he arrived fine, but he is, did not end up staying fine. <sighs> so what are his issues and what are you dealing with today? Yeah, well, Isaac was um, 10 weeks old and he was at daycare Um, and I had just started back to work and I called the daycare to find out how he was doing. Mm -hmm. And they, she said, you know, he's a little lethargic and he's not really eating. And so I said, you know what, I'm just a block away. I'll just check in. And if I need to, you know, nurse him or whatever, that's fine. Maybe he's just Uh you know, off. He's just, you know, whatever, we all have off days. And I got there and he was um, limp. And I immediately called the clinic. They said, go immediately to the emergency room. I called my husband, said something's wrong with Isaac. He said, I'm a block away, Mm -hmm. which in and of itself, the fact that we were both a block away (laughs) on the same day (laughs) in March 19. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was just like so bizarre. So he comes, picks me up. We get Isaac, we get in the car. He calls 911 as we're driving and says, this is the vehicle I'm driving. This is the street I'm driving on. I'm going to the hospital. Don't stop me. Uh And uh, we arrived at the hospital. We don't know exactly what happened, but um, they took Isaac in a helicopter. And we you know, they flew from Minneapolis, picked him up and they put him on a gurney and off he went. And we didn't know if we would see him alive again. Um, 
And after that, because of the effects of the loss of oxygen and everything that occurred, Isaac now has cerebral palsy. He lost his vision, so he's blind. He has cognitive delays. Um, he has seizures. Mm -hmm. And so he needs full-time full -time care. Um, and he just, but he just celebrated his 25th birthday on uh -huh. Friday. Um, and he is, um, he still has needs, but he's doing great. He moved into a, a group home uh, three years ago. And so he, you know, he's living in a group home and he's, he's doing well. So, but yeah, fear was pretty much the, most of his growing up, I lived in fear that if I didn't do everything right, he would never achieve anything. They told us he would be tube fed, vegetative, need round the clock nursing. So All did you things. ever find out what had happened? We never did. Okay. So you have, you had an older child, a daughter, Correct. Right? Yep. Yes. I'm sure that had major effects on her as well. You know, you know, it's really interesting because she named our daughter. Um, we actually, she, when I was pregnant, she always called her raspberry coconut. So <laughs> when she was born, we named her RC um, just to have a connection between the two of them because she didn't actually even get to see her sister because it's just, we were in a different city and everything was just such a, a mess. Then it just wasn't a possibility. So um but then when Isaac came, she was like his greatest champion. She would, you know, lay on the floor with him and let him pat her face. And just, you know, she would just spend all of her time <laughs> with Isaac. So yeah. she really attached deeply, deeply to her brother. And if you don't mind saying, what is she doing now? She's in her 20s. So I imagine she is. She's Yeah, she's 29. She is a sales analyst for a, um, like a company. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I don't really. Yeah. So yeah. she does sales analyst work and she works in business. Well, I mean, certainly you've overcome a lot and all your family has. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything else that happened along the way through a little hiccup in your life? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the latest one. The latest one is actually what caused me to start my business. And, uh, that is, um, almost five years ago now, I was driving between work sites and because I'm a speech like speech pathologist. And so mm -hmm. I would travel between locations to see patients mm -hmm. or students. And I was rear-ended um, by a truck trailer and I was paralyzed and suffered a traumatic brain injury. Wow. So I spent uh, the last number of years um, relearning to walk. I had to relearn to read. I didn't, couldn't read. Um, I had to do, you know, all kinds of physical occupational therapy. I did vision therapy. I had sound issues because of the brain injury. Um, so yeah, the last several years have been, have been based in therapy and rehab. And, um, but what's interesting is when I was about three months out from the accident, I was in bed one night and the words rise up uh -huh. kept coming up into my head and they just popped into my head. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, rise up. Okay. What is that? And then I just grabbed my phone. I literally, I still have the note on my phone. Oh. I kept it. And I instantly 
again, divine inspiration, as far as I'm concerned, I had my phone and I just started typing rise up. And I just wrote in my phone, like in the middle of the night, one night in July with my brain injury. And, you know, like I just said in my phone, like rise up exists to refresh, inspire, support, empower, uplift, and prepare caregivers for their caregiving journey. So that's what the acronym of rise up stands for. So that basis of fear of not being able to move the basis of fear of, you know, I may need a caregiver long-term. I mean, I had a caregiver initially. And so I had that unique perspective of having been a caregiver and having needed a caregiver. Um, And then that's really what made me think when I was, you know, lying there and, and needing help, I thought I need to have a caregiver that is, refreshed (laughs) and able to come and really give their all to me. And I was at that moment, it was like the giant, (laughs) giant, giant light bulb went on and went, Oh my gosh, you lived in fear all those years. You were so fearful of, of having to do all the things that, that you had to do to make sure Isaac was okay. And all these things that you, you know, couldn't let go of and couldn't let anybody help you with. And now you can't even roll over. Yeah. And that whole, that humbling of realizing that having been stuck in that fear and now I had to just give in to it. I just had to be like, okay, surrender. I, I have no other options. I just had to surrender. So why you, why do you think it was you, your path, all these some would say tragedy, tra- tragedies. Why you? I just, <laughs> I've asked that question myself sometimes too. Like sometimes in a not so great manner, like seriously, are you kidding me? <laughs> Could it be somebody else this time? I'm done. I'm over. I give up. I don't have anything left, but for some reason, my path is supposed to be to pay it forward. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get emotional, but um, I really believe, I believe that my daughter was sent (laughs) to let us know that my, to prepare for my son, because after losing a child, having a child, even though they have special needs is like, to me, what anything he did was gravy. Anything beyond breathing was a plus, (laughs) you know? So I feel like she was sent to prepare us for him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he was preparing me to be able to now reach out to caregivers to say, you know what, you matter, you're important, you're enough, you deserve to take care of yourself. And that's what my business is focused on. It's focused on supporting caregivers so that they can learn the practice of self-care and self-love and self-compassion and really integrating that into their daily lives. And you never could have done it if you hadn't gone through all that. So there's no mistakes, right? I mean, nope, nope. I just have the full body chills on that one. (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's something and someone greater than, than me that was uh, directing my path. So exactly. Well, thank you for being so real and vulnerable and honest with us. I really appreciate it. And I know somebody needs to hear this today. Absolutely. 
so we'll talk a little bit more about your business at the mm-hmm. end because yeah. I think it's really important, but we'll go to a little lighter side. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a little, it's, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. But it's life. I mean, it is life. We, we all struggle and some people will say, oh, but, oh, you, but I didn't have it as bad as you or I, mine wasn't. But you know what I always tell people is that everybody's journey has a different number of steps. Yep. It's not, it's not a, it's not a competition. It's not a comparison. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like you're a person who likes books. I love, I do like books. I like books too. That's why learning to have to read again was so, uh, was so hard because I I read for voraciously and now I, I can read, but it's definitely much more challenging than it used to be. But yes, I do love my books. So is there a book that you could recommend to our audience that is inspirational, has specifically helped you or just, you know, something they should be put on their to be read list? Yes. Well, first of all, anything by Brene Brown, (laughs) right? The gifts, the gifts of imperfection was like one of the books that really made me start to realize that I can pause. I can take a breath. I can take a break. Like who am I trying to impress? Like it's okay to sit down. It's not only okay, it's imperative. (laughs) So I I love the gifts of imperfection. Honestly, one of the books that touched me the most in my entire life was The Shack. Really? Yeah. I I mean, oh my gosh, when I read that book, and I don't know if it's because there's the death of a child or whatever, but like, it was one of the first books that I read that I actually like openly wept when I read. Wow. Those are two great recommendations because I yeah. love Brene Brown too. Yeah, she's amazing. I want to hang out with her and like be I know. her friend. Can we just have coffee, Brene? I'm really like, cool. I mean, <laughs> just like Oprah. I want to hang out with Oprah too. Right? <laughs> like just, just coffee with the girls. I know. So I also like to leave my audience with quotes. I love quotes and I think they can inspire you. You put them on your vision board or whatever. Is there a quote in your life that you live by or? There is. There's a quote that was actually on my desk calendar at work the day my son was born, mm-hmm. the son who is, is disabled. And I didn't see it until after I went back to work because I'd left on a weekend. He was born on a Martin Luther King Day. And so I didn't see it. Um, and the quote is by Earl Nightingale. Mm-hmm. And it says, never give up on a dream because of the length of the time it will take to accomplish it the time will pass anyway. Wow. I just think that's so profound, you know, because. And fitting for your life because the story began 20 some years ago and now the dream is is happening. So yeah, it wasn't even a dream I thought or knew I would ever have. I mean, I was like, I'm just a speech pathologist. I don't want to be anything other than a speech pathologist. And little did I know. other plans other plans yep do you listen to podcast other podcasts? i do i do do you have a favorite well i have to give a shout out to my business coach dan mcpherson he has an amazing podcast called dreams are real and i am one of the episodes in the 60s i don't remember which one so if you go and you find dreams are real it's on um, spotify apple podcasts yeah Um, that's a great great podcast it gets you know, you get to hear people's stories and just really hear what their dreams are. So I'm going to give a shout out to Dan. Um, also, I um, 
like one called the Broken Brain podcast. Oh. Um, and it just, it goes through a lot of different things related to health and wellness and um, talks about brain chemistry and neuro neurosciences and things that I just, I like that kind of stuff. And maybe because I am a therapist and also because of my tra traumatic brain injury, like, mm -hmm. I think that is really interesting and in looking at, you know, how healing yourself through, you know, natural um, ways. Um, there's another one called the ultimate health podcast that I like that uh -huh. has a lot of different um, guests on there. And I, I find that one really interesting too, because I am also a health coach um, and a certified personal trainer. So that is also an interest of mine. Um, Unlocking Us Now with Brene Brown, of yeah. course, is, is my new fave. Um, and then my my guilty pleasure is Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, who I just think yeah. is hilarious. And I love him and Kristen Bell. I think they're both just awesome. And I could just, I just think he's funny. And yeah, I just yeah. enjoy his demeanor and, and the way he speaks with his guests. And he's just a fun guy to listen to. Those are great recommendations. So I know you're a Brene fan. So mm -hmm. this question might lead to that, but is there anyone <laughs> on social media you particularly like to follow what they're doing? That yeah. You know, I actually really like, um, I follow Jay Shetty. I don't know yeah. if you follow him. Uh -huh. I really, I really find his stuff very uplifting. Um, and it's just so calm and Zen. It must be that former <laughs> monk thing. Cause yeah. I just like everything he posts. I'm like, Oh, Jay, that's yeah. really nice. Thank you for sharing that. Like, I feel like I'm connected to him. I don't know. I get overly. He's, he's got the best <laughs> eyes too. Oh my gosh. Seriously. He's so cute. And then his wife, then I like her too. She's got some fun stuff on there too. And I yeah. can't Radia, I can't think of what her last or what her actual name is, but um, so I like Jay Shetty. I like um, Rachel Hollis. Oh, um, yeah. um, young young Pueblo. I like just because he's got always amazing quotes, and I like to you know I love quotes, and I like to share them on my Instagram. So yeah. I often find good inspiration on his. Um, a couple other ones are there's one called the Power of Positivity, which yeah. I like. It just um, it's just on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, encouraging thoughts, encouraging words, encouraging things to keep going, because let's face it, some days are a challenge. <laughs> and why not have things that lift us up? And then my final one is, um, there's a painter and his, um, his Instagram is called just Charlie French. He mm -hmm. is a painter, a young man with Down syndrome, and he's a painter. And I just mm -hmm. find him incredibly inspiring. That's awesome. I'll have to check yeah. that out. And yeah. we'll put all those in the show notes as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. So everyone can uh, go check it out. And then not that you have time. <laughs> if you did, and when you do, is there a movie that you come back to time and time again, or that you just love the message, anything like that? You know, the, the movie I really like that I want to watch a lot is Sweet Home Alabama. I just oh, think it's man. the cutest darn movie. <laughs> and I just can, you know, it's like, even though I know what's always going to happen every time, I just think it's charming and, and fun and lighthearted. And I'm also a big fan of Elf at Christmas time. I'll oh, watch that, yes. you know, That's 10 great. to 20 times over the Christmas <laughs> season. Those are great suggestions. Um, <laughs> so how can people connect with you? Uh, what's um, yeah. the best way and we'll put it in the show notes, but absolutely. Also yeah. They can follow me on Instagram or Facebook at rise up Karen wellness. Um, I have a Facebook group that I would love to have people join. Um, 
It's called Take Care of You. And it's, I offer tips, inspiration, motivation for caregivers, mm -hmm. um, even those who are just caring for themselves. Yeah. Because face it, we're all caregivers <laughs> of at least ourselves. Um, and so those are two options or three options. Also, they can email me direct. Um, my email is mvachal, V-A-C-H-A-L, at riseupcareandwellness.com. Um, so if they want to reach out that way, they certainly can. And I'm sure you'll be hearing from some people because I have a lot of therapist friends. Awesome. And I have a lot of caregiver <laughs> friends. So That's wonderful. That's at least wonderful. my friends will be reaching out. That sounds perfect. Well, Melody, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And before we go, is there any last words of, I don't know, anything on your heart, any parting words of advice or anything you'd like to say to the audience? Yeah, absolutely. I would just like to say that when things are challenging and you're scared and it doesn't seem like there's a light at the end of the tunnel that you need to turn your light on. You need to be the light because it's in you. Dig deep. <laughs> it's there. Even, even if it's just a tiny little speck of light, you have it within you um, to move on and to be strong and to move forward. So just encourage you to just dig deep and find that within yourself. And that's great because the name of the show is Beacons of Bravery. That's the light. You're right. The light. That's the light. Exactly. We're all the light. We are. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Melody. I look forward to uh, continuing our friendship in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for letting me um, come on and talk today. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye now. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman, former perfectionist, people pleaser, and rule follower who woke up one day and realized I'd been living somebody else's dream because of my fear of stepping outside the lines. That's why I started this podcast, to interview authors, entrepreneurs, and everyday people who learn to overcome their fears and obstacles in order to live the life of their dreams, to shine the light on how we can live the life of 